0: All right, Hi, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. My name's Tiffany, and we are joined by Leah B. Rose. I love her name, and she is from Vancouver. So hello, Leah.
1: Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is really
0: awesome to have you on. I just found you on Instagram, which is kind of funny. I'm like, this girl, yeah. I want to talk to her. I loved your cats. You have this cats with no hair. And I haven't yeah. seen anyone who's paralyzed with their kitties with no hair. And I'm like, okay, she sounds like a fun person. So I have to talk yeah. to her. So thanks for replying and I don't know much. I'm kind of doing the Larry King thing, which he would do notoriously when he would do interviews. He wouldn't do a lot of research. He would kind of go into the research or the interview rather and just kind of start talking and asking, like if I just met you on the street and I know a little bit about you, but I don't know a lot. So this is going to be interesting. So mm-hmm. if we want to start from the beginning. I don't know even how long you've been in a chair and anything like that. So if you don't mind sharing you know, with, the, with us, your injury story.
1: Sure. So um, right now I'm 31 years old. I live in Vancouver, British Columbia. Okay. And I was injured when I was 21 years old.
0: Okay.
1: So um, living with the spinal cord injury about 10, well, coming up this summer, um, August 14th is my date, my uh, spinal cord injury date. So August 14th of 2011. So just over nine and a half years now coming up on that. And um so basically what had happened is I went away with well, okay, I'll 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 back it up a little bit. So, you know, I was pretty active growing up. I was in competitive sports, swimming, all those things. Um I loved being active, you know. I before my injury, just before I was doing hot yoga, sometimes twice a day, running 10Ks.
0: Wow. yeah.
1: yeah, I know. So in a way I was, it's good. Cause I was probably in the best shape of my life going into my injury, which was a good thing. Yeah. Um, but obviously for anyone, it's a huge shock.
0: Yeah. But, um,
1: yeah. And then, I mean, as you know, right. Um, yeah,
0: it's the crazy transition at 21 years old too. I mean, at yeah. any age it's hard, but you were, were you in college at the time of your injury?
1: Um, I had done a bit of college and then I just didn't really know what I wanted to be yeah. doing. Yeah. So then I was just working at the time, you know, kind of doing the fun, fun party <laughs> life thing. And, you know, when I was in high school, I, yeah. this is, it. this will tie into later when I explain about like my youth and family and empowerment, like life coaching that I'm doing. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in high school, I was, you know, would get, you know, what they would call a typical team getting into trouble drinking on the weekends and smoking weed. And then, um, but I didn't get into hard, any hard drugs really around that time. And then I was in a relationship after high school. It was pretty, pretty toxic. I was in that from 17 to the age of 20 we broke up and he, he had been into doing hard drugs and stuff. And I would, you know, get in these crazy fights with him. Just a very toxic relationship but I was really against drugs at the time. And then I got out of that relationship and I wasn't really taking care of myself and healing in the way that I needed to be Mm -hmm. in on a, you know, a spiritual mental level and emotional level. And instead I started partying. So, you know, I I started doing hard drugs, like, you know, cocaine and ecstasy here and there. And this kind of was a weekend warrior doing things that that I would never do and was totally against, but I was kind of running away from, you know, what I needed internally inside of me to heal after that. Anyway, so about a, yeah. So that's, we broke up when I was 20 and about a year after that, I I went away for a weekend with guys I didn't know all too well and a girlfriend of mine. And it was like any other weekend, it was in British Columbia, like where, you know, just outside of Vancouver Mm -hmm. uh, to a really nice summer hotspot. And we were, yeah, it's so nice. It used to be Mm -hmm. one of my favorite places, but um, we were hopping in the vehicle at the end of the weekend to come home and the vehicle we were in, um, another car pulled up on us and masked gunmen jumped out of the vehicle and started loading um, gunfire into the vehicle we were in.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Why'd they target you guys?
1: well i mean it wasn't near my girlfriend it was something to do with the guys that were with either all of them or one of them it's you know it's still unknown the people who did this uh-huh. are in jail now but mm-hmm. what had happened is um they when they surrounded the vehicle from behind i was in the back of the vehicle in the very middle so i had no way to get out and wow. um, a bullet came into the back went through the luggage that we had just put in the back of the vehicle and one Entered my right shoulder and severed my spine at the C five C six vertebrae. That's crazy.
0: That is crazy. What is what? Enough. I when you were you a conscious when you felt the bullet go through your? Yeah.
1: What was that like? I almost became like hyper aware. I think just because I was in survival mode, and as soon as they pulled up, I was just like shocked, but like survival mode because I was like you know, for a second, you're like, that's not real. And then you're like, right away, you're like, well, who would do that in the middle of broad daylight across I mean, from a police station? That's crazy. You're like, This isn't a joke. um So that's it crazy. sets in really quick. And then I'm thinking like, okay, who are these people I'm with? Like, You know, I didn't know them that well, but I was such a free right. spirit yeah. at the time. And I would, you know, when I was 17, I traveled Europe by myself. Like, oh, I, have, well, I have a lot of family all over Europe. Oh, cool, right? cool. And... and- yeah, my actually, I was talking about it yesterday because it was St. Patrick's Day. My yeah. granny is Irish, and passed oh. now, but she was mm-hmm. one of 13 kids. Wow. My dad 52 first cousins. <laughs> so, wow. so I traveled over, yeah, yeah, a lot of kids. Um, but I have a lot of family and a lot of family in Europe still. So I was like, okay, well, I can travel on my own there because people are just a phone call away, right? Like if I need anything, Europe is so close together. And um, but I was so comfortable with loving and meeting people and you know, obviously just didn't see yeah the dangers that were in front of me. So yeah, I was hyper aware and yeah. then I had flown down to Vancouver. Okay. And like Medivac. And then when they told me that 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 I was gonna need to get flown down to Vancouver, I was like, okay, if I can't stay here to treat this in the hospital that's in this town, then this is, you know, this experience. is, kind of did you know, have
0: any inkling of what being paralyzed was like, and that you were a quadriplegic right away? Did you kind of know, or did you not know right away what was happening?
1: I knew, I knew I was paralyzed. I couldn't, yeah. Eat. Yeah. And right away. Um, because being a quad, um, I, I don't, I'm not sure how your injury happened if you remember, but
0: yeah, oh, mine diving accident. And I remember too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like I tried to breathe and I couldn't breathe. Oh, what? right it, wow. like really because it you, you know as a quad i'm not sure your level but yeah, mine's the same I, as yours exact same as yours oh, okay okay yeah, yeah. so right yes. away when i tried to take that deep breath and talk i couldn't talk like i knew that like something was limited and i tried to move oh. the firemen they were the first responders when they pulled me out of the vehicle i was trying to tell them i knew so this is the only reason why I kind of knew um, about being paralyzed is because I had taken some lifeguarding courses.
0: Oh, yeah. So yeah. I knew
1: that I was paralyzed. And I was saying to the fireman when they got there, because I heard them saying, oh, there's a woman. She's been shot in the shoulder. And <laughs> Not laid. the shoulder. I know. And I was like, no, no, I'm paralyzed. And just move me slowly. But honestly. Did they the move damage- you slow? Yeah, but I think the damage was done. Those are already too, I too late. Maybe, I can, you know, maybe like a slight bit more happened, but where the bullet was lodged, I have a CT scan. I saved them wow. where it was lodged. It's like, it was right in the middle. Wow. It was done, you know, so. Did they have but, to take, did the bones
0: crush in your neck? Did they have to take the bones out of your neck?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I had to, so like, I mean that first day, you know, my parents flew me down or I was flown down to the hospital and I was like, Oh my gosh, my parents, my sister was going to be so mad at me. Like, I what know. am I thinking? They raised me so well. Like, what the you know, you know, everything's going through my head and then, and my parents had divorced when I was seven yeah. and you know, it had, it, it wasn't that often that my mom, my dad and my sister, cause she's older that we were all in a room together. Mm-hmm. And then when I got flown down and I saw them, it was like, you know, I I asked for the plane ride or the, helicopter ride down I said can you give me some anesthetic like I'm at the point now I'd been like six hours after I'm like I'm can't handle this
0: I need to go to sleep let me go to sleep yeah yeah
1: exactly so I got down to Vancouver and I kind of woke up and it was that like fuzzy like dreamy look and it was my parents my mom and my sister and they were like we love you like it's all good so going in they said I looked okay and at that point I did I felt like semi okay. Right. I mean, yeah, I didn't yeah. really know what the days to come were going to be like, but it was waking up that next day out of a huge surgery that my parents were like, you had like no neck, you know, and they had to keep the vertebrae out. And, um, I had plates and hardware put in.
0: Yep. yeah, So did me. I same exact thing. So you told me you had a complete injury. So does that mean your spinal cord is completely severed or do you have any feeling in your lower body?
1: complete, complete,
0: complete, complete. So it's been over 10 years and I know they always say the first two years is like the hardest. Was that the case for you? Did you find the first two years just like really difficult until you kind of found your new place to be in life?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's it always so have weird. been longer because, yeah. um, I don't know for you, but I, the first five and a half months I was still at Vancouver General Hospital okay. at complication after complication. Really? Um, oh, no. Yeah, with the front plate, so what they had done is um, they put a front plate, a cage in the middle and a plate in the back and the front plate um, tore a hole in my esophagus. Oh my God. Wow. And the saliva went through into my back. Like eventually it tore because it was just you know so much hardware
0: yeah
1: and um and I wasn't passing my swallowing assessment so I didn't eat for about five and a half months wow really wasn't going on too well and then finally so that was August of in December or the end of November no I think it was by it was probably December Mm because just before Christmas I think I had to go in for the surgery to take the hardware out Wow, that must have been so scary. I've never
0: heard of anyone having to go through that. Was that,
1: did it hurt? Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. It didn't hurt. And I actually was getting really, like, I, so when the saliva went through my neck and into my back, mm-hmm. I actually got a flesh eating disease in my back. Wow. Yeah, it called Iconelacoridens. Oh I- my
0: before, doctors, t- whoa. Did they have to give you some crazy antibiotic to, to get rid of that then? Or how did they fix that?
1: I was, oh yeah. They actually had to go in and take out all the tissue that was dead. Oh and it went God. down my spine. You could see right down to my spine, which they called the dura. Whoa. Down to like my, into my T spine. And then I had to have a back dressing on for a month. And then I was on IV antibiotics for twice a day for six months plus.
0: Oh my God. You had a super long recovery. So you did not even get home until what? Six months after your injury about?
1: Well, and then after that I went into rehab. Oh, so you weren't even
0: Wow. So you lived there for a while then too. And for the rehab facility thing.
1: So I was in total, I wasn't home for one year and like a half a month.
0: Wow. That's a record. That's a record for a lot. I don't know anyone that stays away from their home that long after an injury. Oh, no. Wow. What was it like when you first went home? Did you guys make your house accessible so you could just kind of go home and try to live or was it weird? I,
1: in, I mean, in a roundabout way, I mean, I do feel I do feel very lucky because I have funding through crime victims okay. programs. So, um, and they're a pretty good funder. I know all funders can be different depending, you know, insurance companies, this and that. Um, and they actually did like a full shower renovation, bathroom renovation. That's great. And they, yeah, and I got like a hospital bed at home, but it's it's actually an extra wide, well, not extra wide. It's like, it's not a single bed like the hospital. It's like the next size up. Cool. So it's a little bit bigger. And like, I got overhead lifts and everything, but we didn't want to do a full Thanks. renovation because they said they would do a full renovation but we wanted to wait until I was I knew where I wanted to live and my mom and I actually just bought a townhouse in October so now we're finally going to get like you know all the renovations done so
0: that sounds great and you're still living in the city of Vancouver right
1: yeah so it's just um just outside where I was born and raised in so about an hour outside of but it's 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 really great. And I find a lot of people in Canada will migrate over to Vancouver just because it is a very accessible city, especially um, the Rick Hansen Institute. Yep. Rick Hansen is from British Columbia. The Rick Hansen Institute is Um, in Vancouver. So they're very, they try to be really forward thinking in, you know, whenever they're doing any new construction and things like that, sidewalks. Right and making everything yes. accessible. The Rick um,
0: Hansen. I love the Rick Hansen Institute. I've been following them for years. Rick, have you met Rick since your injury?
1: Yeah. Cool. He's so it's he's so nice. Have you ever met him?
0: No, I'm in I'm in the United States. I need to come to Canada.
1: <laughs> yeah. Vancouver is a great city. And plus the temperature stays pretty moderate most of the year. Yeah. The it's like- rainy, but
0: Right. Right. It's like perfect. It's perfect if you're a quad cause you can't get too hot cause you can't sweat. And if it's too yeah. cold, you, you freeze. So it's kind of a nice in between. Yes. That's, that's yes. good. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that. Um, You know, your career is, I think one of the cooler things that you're doing right now. I, I don't know. I know a lot of psychologists who a lot of people become paralyzed and they get into psychology after their injury. Now for you, you're doing, it's like family and childcare. Coaching, is that the right word?
1: Family and youth. So more so working with moms oh. more um, specifically and um basically just their relationship with their their teenagers. Cause I know so many teenagers. I mean, at least this is how I felt. I'm going off what I think. And mm-hmm. the teenagers that I know, you just kind of think you know so much when you're younger. And really the reality is. You get out and you're a young adult, and life happens, and things happen. So, my idea behind this is that I wanted to work with moms so that you know they could really feel that they have connection with their kids, feel confident in their parenting, um, that they're guiding them in the right direction, and you know help them be able to talk to their kids about things and certain dangers. But overall, really just building a vision for, you know, their family and their kids' future, and also respecting one another and what it is that each of them wants, you know, That's and true. being able to hear each other through an unconditional lens. So, yeah.
0: That's really, really cool. I know a lot of families, in my own personal experience, that could have used someone like you <laughs> going through the crazy teenage years. Uh, how did you get into the field though? I'm kind of curious, was it after your injury you decided you want to do this or was it something you thought about before you got hurt?
1: Well, okay, so I've always loved people. I've always loved talking with people. Um, And I did take, um, when I was first in college, back before my injury, I did take some psychology, which is really interesting for me. Um, I was just taking a couple different courses. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but, um, you know, human behavior was really interesting to me. Um, And then after my injury, I actually ended up getting my diploma in accounting.
0: Oh. because
1: i just my my dad's girlfriend she's an accountant and she said you know there's been people who've been injured and i've seen them do this and they're really good in the workplace for accommodating um if you work for any most companies and every company needs an accountant right. I'm also fairly analytical so i um it just it wasn't too difficult for me to do the schooling so i was like okay you know and my dad saved up money for me so i was like i just need to get in do something so i have. Something under my belt. So right. I'm gonna have the back end of the business, you know, figured out and I understand all that. But then I was like, you know, I need something where I want to be helping people after my accident, what with what happened to me. Yeah. I want to be able to find a way that I can help people and mm-hmm. you know, just uplift them and empower them because I've had a pretty, I mean, as you know, and you can probably agree with like having a spinal cord injury, you have to find ways to even build a vision for your own future and empower yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you learn that and it's like, okay, well, okay. So what's next? And the best way I think is, you know, personally for me is just like being able to serve others. Yeah. So I love that, that. Yeah. So then I, I mm-hmm. sorry. I, yeah. So I had a lot of time thinking too, like after my accident, like how did I get myself in this position? And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had a lot of time to think and, um, I just thought like, you know, it all kind of goes back to high school. That's kind of, you know, after elementary school, your parents give you a bit more autonomy over your own life. You can decide what it is, you know, making more choices yeah. in your life that you want to do. And, you know, they kind of trust that you're going to be making good t- good decisions and things like that. And that's mm-hmm. when I kind of started, it was like, that's when I started to, not listen to my inner voice <laughs> so over oh, time no. mm-hmm. right just slowly over time it wasn't a big deal per se you know back when I was 13 14 15 then I was in that really toxic relationship
0: mm-hmm. so I was
1: ignoring my own needs my own boundaries and then after that coming into being a young adult it was like you know I hadn't really built a good foundation of what it is that I I wanted? What did I want yeah. in life? What was my vision? Yeah.
0: So what, what fulfills your soul, or what fulfills you as a right? person? Right. That's a huge question. I don't think a lot enough people really consider that, and they go through life no. Yeah.
1: Right. And that's the thing that's going to keep you. Once you, if you can even just get into, I mean, you can't be expected to know at fifteen. This is it. This is my oh. life. Because things change. But if you can start exploring that and getting into things that you love doing and mm. just knowing how to head in that direction at that age you know your life is going to be pretty fulfilling regardless
0: it's so cool I always wondered now do you, do you have to get a psychology degree though to become a life if you become a coach of any kind do you have to have a degree to do what you do
1: no you don't so you oh, there's different yeah there's different areas mm-hmm. um so not psychology but you can there is um, specific coaching designations that you can get. But what I did is I worked with a girl years ago before my injury work, worked at Joey's in Vancouver, um, like a little, like fancy restaurant and her and I kept in touch on Facebook. She's a bit older than me. Mm -hmm. And she reached out after my accident in 2014 and said, you know, she was working down in in the state. She, met um a husband who's a bit older than her and she was started getting really well connected with people down in the states and she said if you ever want to get your story out there one day I know people blah 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 anyways yeah Mm -hmm. to you know about this last year and I'm seeing what she's doing and she has her own podcast she's interviewing Ed Milette and then she was featured in Forbes magazine and like all these things Mm -hmm. and I was like hey what are you doing and then she's like I have a coaching program like I would love it. And, you know, if you would just, if you'd want to take part in this and um, let, like, let's do this. Like I, I saw this vision for you a long time ago and now yes. you're each other. like, oh, let's do this. Right. So.
0: yeah, yeah. A, Your friend sounds amazing. I love that. You know, I was thinking, you know, do you think you could ever become a coach for people with spinal cord injuries?
1: That too. Yeah, the, absolutely.
0: Cause I was and thinking, it, you know, you could apply that to help other types of people too.
1: Yes, it really is a well, a full rounded thing. And that is another area, too, that I would absolutely do. Because um, I mean, obviously, when I'm talking about the business side of things, my coach was like, okay, we want to think of who who do you want to work with first, like, you know, it's kind of like you target in and then you kind of build your programs out from there. So this is where I have started. But that doesn't mean that I wouldn't open it up to anyone who who would like to be coached right that's, that's
0: really yeah and the coaching thing is you work with people virtually right and then you can help yeah. them that way
1: yeah that's- like this like we're talking right now so cool. um, you can even yeah. do group group courses e-courses or just one-on-one coaching um yeah there's a lot of different
0: do you find that the families respond differently to you since you use a wheelchair or do they go, oh, she might understand our pain more because she knows what it's like to go through some struggles or do they ever reference I,
1: that? Well, so no, they haven't, but what I think like what my my coaches said to me, like, so this is just mm-hmm. from her perspective, just, I think just being really honest is she's like, yeah. you, you already have a story to tell. Yep. You have authority in your field you know what happens when you don't make good decisions and when you're not the leader of your life. So that's what I've been told from her per se, but not, I haven't really been told anything specific, um, like, like around the injury part, at least from, from families, but yeah.
0: Cool. Well, thanks for sharing about your job. Now, before I let you go, I have one thing I want to really talk to you about, and that's your kitty cats. Uh, <laughs> so tell me about these lovely creatures i i always find fun it's fun to ask people about their pets who have who are paralyzed because first of all pets can be so healing and i don't know if you had your little kitties before your injury or after your injury so kind of share with us about how you came across these guys
1: so um no i didn't have them before my injury okay. i have always been an animal person um and my mom too like we've always had dogs or cats both and birds we even have cockatiels right now that doesn't look very well with the the cats but she's in her own suite in the basement so um these cats are great i got simba my bigger cat uh in 2018 in november when he was five months old so he was born in june cool yeah
0: what's the breed called now so for people that don't know because they don't have any hair sphinx the sphinx right that's what they're called they're really cool they're so cool and um and they like you're jumping right on your chair it looks like they love you like wow I've never had seen a cat on someone's shoulder before your your cat will your cat just sit on your shoulder
1: yeah yeah she did that whole whole day and she climbs well because they love being warm they're so they get cold easily they'll climb inside of my shirt and just want to like cuddle (laughs) and right now Simba's in here on a little cat bed on my on my desk got my workstation and uh, he's wearing like a full-on sweater <laughs> I have clothes for them because they need it but yeah they're funny and they're actually the type of cats that ask, act most like dogs so they'll play fetch really
0: yeah. oh but that's they, so cool they, are, they, um, are they smart around your wheelchair too they know how to get out of the way well the
1: older one is they learn yeah they learn you know that's you so get cool. their toe, but um they the one thing that's difficult it's nice that I have two of them now because I just got my baby and they'll sleep in a little tent um right beside me on the bed but before when it was just Simba he would climb under the sheets and lie on my legs and I sleep on my stomach so when I go to <sighs> turn I'd be like I can't turn you know <laughs> But it's good now they have each other and they just sleep in their little cat that's tent.
0: adorable that's uh, so cute. yeah cats kind of need friends uh that's awesome and i can't believe you sleep on your stomach by the way that must be so you, you have your caregiver lay you on your belly and you kind of stay there all night until someone helps you roll back is that what you do
1: so um i have pillows on either side okay and what i do is i roll back and forth because oh. if i'm flat on my back with the hardware that's still in my neck i can't turn I Don't know about you.
0: Oh, I can't turn it all on my own. I'm stuck on my back, and I have a pillows under my body to kind of you know adjust my body while I sit so I'm not flat on my coccyx bone. But yeah, I'm a, I have like this phobia of being on my belly because I feel so stuck on my stomach, like I, I literally feel like a dead uh-huh. fit, you know. So I never want anyone to roll me over on my belly because I feel like I can't move at all. But I love this, uh-huh. but I was in yeah. yoga for a while, and my yoga teacher who's paralyzed he's like tiffany you need to get on your belly more it's really good for you and i'm like i know i know
1: i Um, just i feel like on my stomach i can push myself up and do things cool i can still kind of push myself up but if i'm so i just roll kind of from side to side on my back so um i'm kind of like lying half on my side on my back but if i'm flat on my back or i go too much over my back i am not moving
0: i can't Wow. You you're, probably, you're pretty strong in a way. I can't roll myself at all. And do you do any therapy, outpatient therapy anywhere? Did you do any um, activity based therapy over the years? I know a lot of people are doing that nowadays.
1: Um, I did. I was going to the gym uh-huh. up until I stopped actually a little while before COVID. Okay. Um, the germs and stuff. But yeah, I yeah. was doing, I'd like to get it for my house here. It's an armor Oh um that actually helped strengthen and then I got these d-ring almost like ankle weights that people would get and yeah. like a little d-ring and I would go and do pull downs yeah. pulls and biceps so yeah. just I'd go do what I could basically and honestly it made me feel so good
0: I know. I love working out in my wheelchair. I do it every night. I put on um, like a hit workout and I use my arms and I just freaking, I just punch until I can't breathe anymore. And then I feel that little runner's high still, even though yeah. you know I'm, I'm a quad. But if you need to feel that. You got to get your heart beating, even if you're sitting all the time. Like it's so important. And I'm not going to the yeah. gym either. I, I actually have never been a gym member. I just, I like get embarrassed. I'm so shy about my disability sometimes. Mm -hmm. I don't like, I don't like working out around regular average people. Then they want to come talk to me and ask me about my situation. And I'm like, I just want to work out. I just want to do my own thing. So I tend to work out at home, but.
1: Well, I know what you mean though. Like anyone doesn't really like being bothered at the gym, but some people see it as like a social thing. When it's like, no, I just want to get in the zone. Like, you know what I mean? But yeah, and I remember seeing guys at the gym who were like (laughs) those people that could like, Mm grab a pole and like lift their legs up and like, hold it sideways. I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. You look like you're in great shape still. So that's great. After all these years of being in a chair, I know it's one of those things you want to keep your body in shape just in case there's a cure around the corner. I'm always right. trying yeah. to keep in shape, even though I've been hurt for a lot longer than you, but it's okay. been really great talking to you, Leah. I, I don't want to get too. I, I want to ask if you have a boyfriend, but I don't think I should ask you that, but uh, your personal life, are you dating anyone or anything like that?
1: I have dated yeah. yes. You're,
0: you're very pretty so I imagine you probably have guys that do not care if you're in a wheelchair huh they're like ah, I don't care. Yeah
1: no, no yeah I've dated yeah it's that's no good. no big I mean dating the first person was it's kind of awkward and it's new right and yeah. you're trying to figure your body out and so and, and like and I and I felt more insecure but I feel like once you kind of get over that hump of you know, at least in the first person, then you're like, okay, like I can do this. I mean, it's always new and anyone you're hanging around, that's new You kind of have to educate them even friends, right. You have to educate them on, you know, the different health risks and good, Mm -hmm. the good, the bad. Right.
0: You're the educator on all things, spinal cord injury. You are, I have become that person too, but that's cool. Well, that's good. Well, I will, I think I should let you go. I don't want to like keep pestering you and asking you all these personal questions, even though I find you very interesting. I just like, I, yeah, thank you for sharing your story. You know, I, we do this show. We talk to different people all around the world and you um, are the first person we've spoken to in Vancouver. So this is really, Aww. really, really cool. Yeah. Aww. So yeah, just thank you so much. You know, I keep doing your thing up there. I hope you guys have a beautiful summer and you're able to get out and stuff. I know the weather is changing mm-hmm. here, so
1: it should get warm. Where are you? Where are you I'm,
0: in, I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So okay. yeah, so we're kind of experiencing 50 degrees and sunny days recently and the snow is gone. So okay, we're, yeah. we're all very excited. <laughs> yes.
1: It's but nice I, Yeah. being in a wheelchair when there's no snow. It's,
0: it's very difficult in the snow. So, but anyways, I was, thank you again, Leah. And if people want to, if they, if they have any questions, if they, let's say someone listening wants to get in touch with you, can they just find you on your Instagram account? Would that be okay?
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Awesome. All right, all right. Thank you, Leah. And have a great day, okay?
1: Thank you. You too. Bye.
0: See you later. Bye. Okay, bye.